On the news line, we're glad to say that we asked for and received an opportunity to talk to Encina. I call it a plastics recycling plant. they got a much more official name for it in Point Township. Michael Marr is on the line, Director of Government Relations and Compliance. Good morning, Michael. Thanks for calling in today. Good morning. And I have my uh, colleague, Shada Sahandi, our Chief Sustainability Officer, with me as well. Fantastic. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, the thank you, Shada. Thanks uh, for calling in, Joe. Well, out of curiosity, you know, when we first invited you on the program, it was in response to another uh, guest that we had who was talking about some unanswered questions. But last night, you've had kind of a setback. Uh, and it says the, in the newspaper this morning in our story that you're going back to the drawing board. Can you build this with the uh, limitations now being imposed on you by uh, the township? Well, that is the question that we're looking at right now. Um, it was most certainly not the outcome we wanted. It was a disappointing evening for sure. But we're going to see if we can make this work. We're committed to doing the project and doing it in Point Township, if at all possible. Um, we, you know, had surveyed other sites prior to choosing this one. But I think it's going to take us a little bit of time to go back to the drawing table, as you say, and to get the written um, right, the, the write-up of the opinion about the denial, just to get a better understanding of the basis of the denial before we make any major decisions. Well, I'm curious, what was there about the Point Township site that made you choose it over all the others you looked at? Um, we did look at quite a few, and I think Point Township was particularly appealing because it met so many of the criteria that we were interested in. Um, for one, the fact that there was a, a manufacturing job base there um, where we could get skilled labor and bring the employment opportunity to the community and have a stable workforce with all of the um, educational institutions that are in the region. That seemed like a, a, a very strong uh, factor in favor of Point Township. There's also the location um, regionally vis-a-vis -vis places that really do have some struggles with handling the, the plastic wastes. And so there would be um, an opportunity to help multiple regions uh, address that, that issue uh, for, for their solid waste management purposes. And the site itself is, is great because it's flat, it's, it's got rail access, and, um, you know, relatively close to the, the freeway. So, you know, there are a lot of different attributes, but I'd say the first one was just the community that's there as far as the support they could give in, the, in, in running the operation. It's one of your options to consider appealing the zoning decision from Point Township last night. That's one of the things we're going to decide once we see what the basis of the denial was. All right. What is the timeline for this? If uh, Let's just sort of say if you hadn't received that news and are you speculating on any change in the timeline? So the timeline prior to this decision was that we were going to start site prep at some point this year, probably starting mid to late summer. And the full facility was scheduled to be up and running in 2026. Now, we're going to have to go back, like we said, to the drawing board to see if, you know, if we want to do the appeal or if there's re-engineering that needs to be done. We have not yet had a chance to run that through our various um, schedules to see what the impact would be. One of the things that people who are talking in, let's say, less than glowing terms about the project point out is that this is based on a small-scale project in Texas and that this has never been tried on a large scale. Would you respond to that? 
Sure. We do have a PDU, which stands for Process Demonstration Unit, in San Antonio, Texas. There's a photo of, of that on the website. The website, by the way, is Encina Point Township, all written out, dot com. And the reason that that is not a full-scale model is that a lot of the parts of what we're doing have been done for a long time, and they really didn't require that kind of testing to need a full-scale um, test facility, so to speak, which would have also been a, a little unwieldy. So the the purpose of that particular unit is to test different parts of the process and, and see what they would look like at different scales. So it gives us important information for building the full-scale model, um, and that's it's true that this size of project doing exactly what we're doing hasn't been done before, but that's part of what makes it exciting and innovative, and the equipment that we're going to be using has largely been in use for decades in other um, in other industries, and so there isn't. We don't have a, a, a big concern about the sort of putting it all together and, and understanding what's going to happen. There's been a tremendous amount of modeling done, so it's true that it's a bigger scale than what we have in San Antonio, but that's that's on purpose and for a good reason. And, and Shade, I'll add that we we have we have the confidence of the marketplace behind us. We have a, a seven year contract signed with with um, a company called Amstai based on what they've seen from our San Antonio unit. And we have a number of other um, well-known manufacturers who are far along in the discussions with us about taking, making an off-take agreement with us and, and being, in fact, our customers. Um, so we've got the, the marketplace confidence um, behind us based on their scientific review of what we've done in San Antonio. Tell us more about this technology that you'll be uh, utilizing. That seems to be one of the frequently asked questions. So it's a, it's a catalyst-based technology primarily, um, which, which means it will uh, create a, a, a reaction within a contained safe zone to convert uh, the plastic feedstock, uh, common everyday items uh, that, that you know, make up the things we use every day, into the chemical components that um, make up those those uh, products. So it will break down products such as the tennis shoes I'm wearing as I speak to you um, into uh, other components that in turn can be made into either tennis shoes or a, a, a cooler or some other type of, of product that you and I use every day. In the past, recycling plastic denigrated the quality of the plastic that was used. It, does this process not do that? That's a great question, and the, and the, the, the short and simple and, 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 and uh, complete answer is yes. Uh, it, does, it, it does not denigrate. Um, it, it creates the building blocks in their purest form so that they can be made into new products. The denigration you speak to, which is absolutely right with traditional uh, pl plastic uh, recycling um, limits the use of applications that can be used in terms of what that plastic recycling can output on the back end. Our process is, is different because, you know, as your question um, alludes to, you can take and reconstitute new products such as the sneakers on my feet 
or, or, or a cooler or a toothbrush, many of the, the, the plastic products that we utilize and rely on every day. One of the things we've heard from people in the community is that the international aspects of this are somewhat concerning, that there's Chinese involvement, there's Australian involvement, Italian involvement. How much of this is going to be an American project? Well, we think the workers are going to be 100% American, and that's what this is all about. This is about bringing jobs, 300 jobs, once we're permanently operated, operating 600 to 900, that's a, that's, a, that's a range depending on activity level, construction jobs during construction. You know, I think as a proud American, anytime that a, a, a non-American investor wants to come in and help create American jobs, by all means, we should take it. And that's what this is all about. This is about attracting investment opportunity from around the world to create jobs right here in central Pennsylvania. Well, there are people who are somewhat less enthusiastic about Chinese involvement. Well, I don't know where that Chinese involvement is coming from. Um, that there's absolutely no truth to that. I think there may be some confusion because there's some South Korean support, uh, for, for financial support for the project. Um, but, but for those who are aware of uh, East Asian uh, political um, uh, dynamics, uh, South Korea and China are two very, very different com- uh, countries. They're, in fact, right. bitter rivals. Uh, dig into the uh, chemical processes as it well scratch that as it relates to water discharges and air discharges and the permitting. Walk us through uh, what will be discharged or well, what will be consumed, I guess, by way of water, and then what will be discharged by way of water and discharged by way of air. Sure, I can take that. So the the water um, is primarily coming from the river. And that was actually one of the factors that made the site so ideal for this kind of uh, manufacturing use. What's, what we're anticipating is that on average, in a single year, we're going to have about four. Um, I'm sorry, about 2.3 uh, million gallons of water that is taken out, and it's going to be treated twice. It's going to be treated once prior to our use, and then once after use before it is put back in the river. The use on site is going to be for two purposes. One is the washing of the plastics, and that's going to be done just with water. There's no sur- you know, detergents or surfacants or anything um, other than the water to rinse off any uh, residue that may be on the materials, if there's food or anything else left that needs to be washed off prior to getting used. And that water that then goes into, um, I'm sorry, the second use is cooling. So I read somewhere that the water is going to be uh, what what is used to to melt the plastics, and that's not that's not one of the uses we make of the water. It's it's as as a cooling device. So in any event, um, all the water coming back out, and we expect that to be about two thirds of what was taken in. The rest just basically evaporates. That water will go through um, a membrane bioreactor system, which is a fancy way of of saying something that is going to take out um, any contaminants that that might be in the water. It's going to be tested for being at the appropriate temperature. Uh, It's dissolved oxygen amounts, chlorine, uh, pH, total dissolved solids, hardness, silica, nitrogen, phosphates, metals. I mean, just... Anything that you want to be sure is not going to be in the water at rates that are, are in any way damaging um, will be tested for. And we're working with a company called Veolia. Um, we don't have a 
contract with them yet, but that's who we're talking about designing this system, and they have a tremendous amount of experience of water treatment. So in any event, there's going to be um, continuous testing for for the materials that, that I just spoke of, and also there's going to be sampling um, from time to time to ensure that the water that is getting put back in the river is is of, of the highest quality. And I, I have to confirm this because I heard it, and I just it's a little bit hard to believe, but I heard uh, it said that the water is actually drinkable after it goes through the Veolia system. So the, don't quote me on that quite yet, but I mean, it's, it's at the levels where... Um, if all goes as, as planned, well, there's going to be no there's going to be no real issue with the discharge. Well, if it isn't drinkable when it comes out of there, when does it become drinkable? Because there are quite a few communities downstream from you that take their water out of the river for their residents. Well, I will I will double check that. But um, um, I'm sorry, my client. Yeah, I, I, I'll just say I don't think anybody's no community's taking river water directly out and just giving it to their consumers to drink. There's filtration. Down, literally downstream from us, um, w- with anybody drinking the river water. Um, so, you know, that, that's really how I'd answer that. Well, except that you know they, they treat it for certain things as required by the state, as I'm sure you're well aware. If you're adding something new to the mix, that would be a concern, wouldn't you think? I think, as a hypothetical, yes. I think in, in reality, the answer is no. We're not going to be adding something to the water that's it's not already there that has to be filtered out. And, and you know, or if that was in fact the case, um, we'd we'd have to design it differently. What about the temperature? Because we've heard that it's going to be 90 degrees coming out, and people said, "Oh, that'll cause all sorts of blooms in the river. It'll make for unpleasant boating." Yeah, I'm not actually sure where that came from. The idea that it's going to be at 90 degrees, um, I don't think that's that's factually true. What I understand is that the system is actually testing for the appropriate temperature before it can be released in the water, and that temperature range would be something that, in fact, intentionally is set so as to not cause any um, harmful effects to the water or the ecosystem. Water is H2O. What will be in this other than those two chemicals? Like Michael said, I mean, it's we're not adding, we're not adding anything that isn't going to be um, so this water is used to, to rinse off basically the organic materials that might remain on um, on the plastics that come in. So th- with, between that and the cooling, um, we don't anticipate that there's going to be anything added in that's going to be harmful for the water, and, and, and that's what all the testing is for, is to make sure that none of the things that could conceivably be um, in the mix um, and more are tested for to ensure they're not there before the water is released into the into the river. Yeah, and there will be a prescribed limit uh, limits, I should say, set by the DEP that that will govern how we run the facility. So it will be no different than any other uh, uh, similar operation along the Susquehanna. We're not going to be adding new uh, new new you know, elements into the river water. What's uh, so just, what's going to happen? What, what's going to happen to the organic matter that you flush off the plastics? Where will that wind up? So that winds up in the in what we you know not so pleasantly call the sludge. Um, that is that is filtered out and um, disposed of offsite. So it's it's sent offsite and disposed of it. You know, according to whatever the standards are for that material in the region. 
All right, air discharge. Tell us about that. Sure. So um, we are actually in the process of applying for permits, which are, you know, the primary way to ensure that there isn't um, sort of unhealthy air pollution resulting from our processes. So there are uh, permits that regulate the amount of different discharges. And since our uh, machinery is actually still being selected, um, we don't have the final numbers. But what we can tell you is that there are strict regulations that we have to be in compliance with about discharges to the air. And for those, um, if we there's ever an exceedance, you're basically out of compliance with the permit and uh, and and subject to the um, responses from PDEP. So that's the that's the primary way that the air discharges are regulated. All right, uh, we're just about out of time. So anything you wish to add? There's certainly many more questions, I'm sure, out in the community. But this will be our first glimpse at this. We'll see how you handle the uh, drawing board activity or appeal <laughs> of the zoning. But uh, anything you wish to add now? Yeah, I would just add that we have been trying our absolute best to respond to any and all questions, and we've had two public um, opportunities, one recently that went for several hours, and um, we're posting all of the questions and responses on the website, so people should please feel free to reach out to us with any additional questions they might have and to really check out the website to get informed about what we're doing. We're excited about being in Point Township. We think we can bring a lot of good you know, uh, stable, solid, well-playing jobs to the community, and and we look forward to being there. Uh, I'm curious, and because it relates to last night, uh, what is it that requires you to have such or to want such a tall building? Well, the the irony there is we were trying to reduce the footprint of of the site, and with the size of site that we have, the the specific machinery that's needed needs to, to, to sort of have a certain amount of run, and um, the height that we were requesting is in excess, when, when that machinery is put together, in excess of the limit. So it's, um, it's machinery that is just designed a certain way, and it has a certain height to it, and we were hoping that given that it's already an industrially zoned area, um, that, you know, it, it, it would not create the the concerns that it seems to have created. One of our listeners adds a note, have you gotten your approvals from the Susquehanna River Basin Commission yet on the on the consumption and discharge of water? Not yet. That is on the list of the series of permits. We're going in a certain order so that we are speaking with them and we're going to be starting that process shortly. But the, the actual withdrawal amount um, is is not as large as it sounds in the context of other withdrawals from the river. And I think given that the Merck facility is also leaving um, and their water consumption will no longer be occurring, um, we're optimistic that we can we can um, show that this is not going to be a large impact to the, the flows of the river. Mike, last question for you before <laughs> we let you go. Out of all the states that you've looked at, how does Pennsylvania stack up with respect to the amount of hoops you have to jump through? Oh, there's always hoops. Um, you know, no, no matter where you, 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 you want to develop in the U.S., every state's a, a, a little bit different, their own, own unique ways. I will say Pennsylvania's probably a little more localized than other, uh, other states that, that you know, we've looked at or I've been involved in in the past. 
Um, but that's the process here, and we're, we're, we're happy to continue to go through the process and try to make this work and bring the hundreds of construction jobs and hundreds of operational jobs and the $1.1 billion of investment here to central Pennsylvania. All right. Well, do stay in touch. You have an open yep. mic to talk about these important topics, and we'll dig in with more detailed questions uh, after your drawing board work is done and your permitting uh, starts to uh, proceed. Thank you. Yeah, we appreciate your taking the time to be with us. That is Sheeta Sahandi, is the Chief Sustainability Officer with NCNA, and Michael Moore is the Director of Government Relations and Compliance.